Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. This is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You worked for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, done a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. What's up, America? Rich Valdez right here, 17 miles away from Madison Square Garden, New York City. And welcome. We're going to talk about Russia, 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 and the biolabs, the biolabs, the biolabs. I'm at Rich Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. And I want to jump right into this stuff because there's been so much talk. We've got Kamala, right? Kamala, she's going to Poland. Then we've got Putin threatening civilian air travel. I'm going to read you the tweet from their uh, foreign minister spokesperson. Plus, the biolabs. Is it really a reason to send 90,000 troops and bomb civilians? Well, we're going to get into that, too. Plus, inflation. Excuse me. Take two. Inflation. It's up 7.8%. That's the highest in 40 years. And every time a new number comes out, it's the highest number in 40 years. And that's because... We're going to continue to do that until we break the 40-year record with Joe El Baboso Biden in the driver's seat. Are we going to blame that on Putin, too? I don't know just yet. I think the media may want to. I know the White House wants to, but I don't think the American people are going to fall for that yet. Plus, I want to talk about the don't say gay bill. At least that's what it's being called by critics of the bill. It's a Florida law that allows parents to protect their children and have teachers stay out of the discussion of gender and sex and all that stuff between kindergarten and third grade. So we're going to jump into that as well. And I tweeted a little while ago that sadly some people are okay with this carnage. They say it's crisis actors. They're not really dying. It's it's a whole uh, Fugazi operation. It's old file footage shouting sorrows from the rooftops, biolabs, biolabs, tunnels, traffic children. Let them all die because white knight Putin is stopping the globalist deep state. To that I say... God help us. Now, there might be some bits of truth in there, but the whole thing is largely uh, propagandistic at best. I'm not going to spend forever on this because I've talked about it in the last three episodes. So if you want to go for it, go back a few episodes. I think it was February 28th. I did the episode on pro-Putin propaganda. You want to follow that one, check it out. You can hear everything I have to say. But we are going to get into that a little bit. But first, I want to start with where Trump's at on all this, right? Because he spoke about this when he was at CPAC and he made his position incredibly clear. I have no doubt that President Putin made his decision to ruthlessly attack Ukraine only after watching the pathetic withdrawal from Afghanistan, where the military was taken out first, our soldiers were killed, and American hostages plus $85 billion worth of the finest equipment anywhere in the world were left behind. Yesterday, reporters asked me if I thought President Putin was smart. I said, of course he's smart, to which I was greeted with, oh, that's such a terrible thing to say. I'd like to tell the truth. Yes, he's smart. The NATO nations and indeed the world 
as he looks over what's happening strategically with no repercussions or threats whatsoever, they're not so smart. They're looking the opposite of smart. If you take over Ukraine, we're going to sanction you, they say. Sanction? Well, that's a pretty weak statement. Putin is saying, oh, they're going to sanction me. They sanctioned me for the last 25 years. You mean I can take over a whole country and they're going to sanction me? You mean they're not going to blow us to pieces, at least psychologically? The problem is not that Putin is smart, which, of course, he's smart. But the real problem is that our leaders are dumb. <laughs> dumb. So dumb. And they so far allowed him to get away with this travesty and assault on humanity. That's what it is. This is an assault on humanity. So sad. Putin is playing Biden like a drum. It's not just Biden that he's playing like a drum. It's a lot of the American people that have fallen for this stuff hook, line, and sinker. Now, a couple episodes ago, we talked about this um, complaint that Russia was putting out there saying that the, the United States is funding or operating these bioweapons, chemo, uh, bioweapons laboratories outside the borders of Russia. This is back in 2017. And it goes on. Then again in 2021, he's uh, pounding his chest, his his security forces are saying, his um, national security advisor saying the same thing, right? So now you fast forward. Now it's all over. The propaganda, the source is the Kremlin. It's the Kremlin that's saying this stuff because it's no secret. 16 years ago, if you do a Google search, you find this contract that's on the uh, internet, on the State Department website. It's making its rounds over social media, and I shared it so everybody could see it. And it's basically the memorandum of understanding that the United States government has with the Ministry of Health of Ukraine. Now, listen, perhaps I'm desensitized to some of this stuff and you might find this absolutely crazy, but I don't find it crazy because I've seen this stuff happen in government plenty of times. Now, I know you're thinking, but Rich, if you've seen it happen a bunch of times, that doesn't make it right. I, I'm just saying it's, it's status quo. It's a pretty normal affair for the United States to invest in research in different places. It's how we keep our hands clean. It's just the facts. That's how we do it. Notice how there were several layers of, of uh, you want to call it laundering or cover-up or whatever you want to call it, with the Wuhan Institute of Virology. All right? No, I didn't do it. Fauci said there was no gain of function. There was no this. Oh, but no, we weren't doing it. They were doing it. This one was doing it. That one was doing it. Okay. That type of thing happens all the time with multiple governments doing research on multiple things because chemical and biological weapons are not allowed. So the only thing you can do to make sure that you don't get caught with your pants down is make sure that you're always working on your own. And you say that you're working on an antidote and you say that you're working on a way to contain it. And in no way do I think that they're not doing those things. I'm very confident that they are doing those things, 100% that they're doing those things. The question becomes, are we actually creating weapons or just actually trying to contain them? And I would say it's probably a little bit of both. You probably have, you know, 90% of the people that are trying to do the right thing and 10% of the people that are looking for a way to make a dollar, make a buck, do this, do that. Now, the other question becomes, we've known that these things are out there for, for 16 years, at least this stuff is on the internet. So what's to stop Russia from saying, look, we're going to use this as a pretext. We're going to go out there. We're going to say, we're going to go after these biolabs. 
But what if that doesn't work, sir? What if the Americans see through our propaganda? Oh, then, and Putin will say, then you tell them that we are holding children for sex trafficking. The Americans hate that. They will jump all over it. You know, I mean, we're getting played like a drum here by Russian propaganda. Now, am I saying that there's no such thing as child trafficking and there's no such thing as chemical weapons? Hell no. That's not what I'm saying. Those things are real. We, those are real problems, and they actually occur. What I am saying is that you cannot go and invade a country over this stuff. Now, some people will push back and say, you know what? The United States did that to Iraq. We said that there were weapons of mass destruction. We rushed in there. We did that. Are we the real war criminal? I think if you asked most Americans what they thought about that, most of them would raise their hands and say, yes, we are the war criminals. We did the wrong thing. So the question becomes now, are we going to become a self-loathing people that hates America or are we rooting for America? Do we hate Biden so much that we can't wait for him to fall and for America to fall with him? Are we going to throw the baby out with the bathwater or are we going to hope for the best that our country does right and that Biden wakes up or gets replaced and does something good for once? Now, again, this is going to be different for different people. I know a lot of people that are happily ready, willing, and able to see the destruction of this country just so that they can rebuild it. But one thing I can say is we don't destroy the things we love. I once heard the great one Mark Levin say that, and it's so true. I have daughters. I love my daughters. If they made a mistake and something happened that was bad in their lives, I would not destroy them or try to trade them in for another one. I wouldn't put them up for adoption and try to adopt another one or even have another kid. You don't get rid of your kids because they do something wrong because you don't get rid of people you love, whether it's your kid, your mom, your uncle, your your, your elderly, uh, sick mom, dad, grandparents, whatever. You don't destroy the things you love. This is an important point. There is no sense in destroying America so we can rebuild it again. That makes about as much sense as that guy, Eli Mistel or Ellie Mistel, that was out there the other day saying that we've got to get rid of the Constitution because it doesn't really represent us. We have to start a new one because we're not those people anymore. That was wrong. He's wrong. The whole thing is wrong. We need to fix this. We have to do it the right way, not the wrong way. Now, I'm going to play this audio from Senator Marco Rubio. You've heard it a million times by now. It happened at a hearing Wednesday. And I want you to hear what he says because people are spinning it different ways. I heard it, and I understand being a radio guy, there's a clock in my face, and it counts down the amount of time that I have. So people always say, oh, why are you cut the callers off? Why do you do this? Why did you say, I wanted to hear what you wanted to say? We have to break. It's called a hard break. And you only get a certain amount of time when you're doing these uh, testimonies and, and questionings in um, Congress. So I understand when he jumps in and he changes the subject or he tries to wrap it up, it's because his time is coming to an end. And unless somebody yields their time to him and he has a prior arrangement with that person, he's got to go. So I don't think she caught him off guard. I think he, he asked a follow-up question to her statement. But I'm going to play a clip of it now. This is Senator Marco Rubio in the Foreign Relations Committee receiving testimony from Victoria Newland from the State Department under Secretary of State for Political Affairs. I only have a minute left. Let me ask you, um, does Ukraine have chemical or biological weapons? Uh, Ukraine has uh, biological research facilities, which, in fact, we are now quite concerned Russian troops, Russian forces may be seeking to uh, gain control of. So we are working with the Ukrainians on how they can prevent any. Of course, I have to stop it here and say the Ukrainians. Go ahead of those research materials from falling into the hands of uh, Russian forces should they approach. I'm sure you're aware that the Russian propaganda 
See, groups are already putting out there all kinds of information about how they've uncovered a plot by the Ukrainians to release biological weapons in the country and with NATO's coordination. If there's a biological or chemical weapon incident or, uh, or attack inside of Ukraine, is there any doubt in your mind that 100 percent it would be the Russians that would be behind it? There is no doubt in my mind, Senator, and it is classic Russian uh, technique to blame on the other guy what they're planning to do themselves. Yeah, so she's 100% right. Listen, when you're at war, things happen. And one of the things that happen is if these biological um, containment centers or whatever they're intended to be, and I'll take them at their word, and let's just say they are these evil laboratories where people are making weapons to kill other people, which, again, could be a thing. If that were really the case, all Putin really had to do was, instead of saying, I want to increase my territory for the Russian Federation, and we're going to uh, make Mother Russia whole again, we're going to take Crimea, and we take Georgia, now we're going to take Kiev. Kiev. He doesn't have to do all that. All this 5,000-word document, 5,000 pages that he wrote last summer, none of that has to be done. He can just say, hey, my friends in Iran, my friends in China, other people uh, from the U.N., from whomever, we've got a serious problem. These guys are making uh, biological weapons. I want an inspection. Oh, you won't do an inspection? Well, if you don't do an inspection, then I'm going to have to take unilateral uh, matters into my hand and boom, I'm going to move in. And then he makes himself look like a hero and a good guy. Instead of saying, I want to denazify, demilitarize and make Ukraine neutral. It's like saying, I want to make a man neutral. If the man can't make babies, he's sterile. It's not neutral. He wants to sterilize Ukraine. Clearly, everybody in Ukraine right now is probably the biggest, if they were Americans, Second Amendment advocate ever. You've got old ladies with airsoft guns because they can't get their hands on enough guns because they're trying to hold it down at home while their husbands and sons and, and neighbors are out there doing what the men have to do. And I'm sure there's some men that want to get out and they have no idea. They're like, you know what? I want out of here. I don't want to do this. But. There are other men with guns in the military or the National Guard or private, privately organized neighborhood watch groups that are now all fighting for their own freedom, saying, hell no, bro. Sorry, can't let you go. It's time to stay and fight for this country. There are Americans that are of Ukrainian descent that have gone to Ukraine to take part in this. I know a guy from Kosovo, which was once part of Albania, Yugoslavia, and they had this big war back in the days. You remember Clinton went in. And he told me when there was fighting, you had to fight. And his parents sent him to the United States, but right before, well, right after, immediately after that. But when these things happened, they happened. Growing up, Avenue M, Brooklyn, New York, we had neighbors that were Albanian. And those brothers, I remember, they disappeared for a few months. And when they came back, we were like, hey, where were you guys? And the youngest brother, his name was Bickham, big shout out to him, RIP. He's not with us anymore. He said, oh, we went to go fight in the war in our country. Because that's what the national pride that is part of their culture leads them to do. So when you hear reports that Ukrainians are killing Ukrainians, this is not some sort of phony civil war. This is, you know, there's probably some what we call during the Vietnam days conscientious objectors that are trying to get out of Ukraine that are being stopped by their own brethren, by their by their own countrymen saying, no, it's time to stand and fight. But when we see these images which people will negate and say, no, no, that's not real. That's not this. But when you see people like reporters running around with bulletproof vests that say press and other people just walking in the background and a mortar shell hits and those people are blown to pieces. Do you think that's the Ukrainians killing people in the street so they can blame it on Putin? 
Is that what it is? Is it the Ukrainians that are setting Chernobyl on fire? Is it the Ukrainians that are bombing the civilian buildings? Or are we just going to keep saying, no, but you don't understand, Rich. It's because they're next to the bio labs. And Putin is saving the world from chemical and biological weapons. The next pandemic is there with Zelensky and Soros. Don't you get it? What's wrong with you? How could you not put two and two together? What's wrong with you that you're going to allow the massive carnage and killing of people and destruction of a country and give the green light and the the go ahead to Vladimir Putin, who's never done anything good just so that he can defend his way? I'm not buying it. Not at all. Not in the least. We've got laboratories and partnerships all over the place. Is that the next thing? We're just going to start bombing every American uh, laboratory, whether it's bioweapons, whether it's cancer research, whether it's whatever. If that's how it is, then all right, then that's how it's going to be. I don't have a, I don't get the sense that that's how it's going to be. The next thing is, oh, but Putin is doing this because he's got leverage on Biden. Who cares? And maybe this is me being guilty of not taking my own advice. I oftentimes say oversimplification is not good because some of these things are very complex and there's a lot of nuance and you want to understand every facet of it. But to oversimplify or at least simplify, and I think to an appropriate degree, Something that I often say is, if you're getting punched in the face, don't be the guy that stops to ask, I wonder why he's punching me in the face. Be the guy that gets him off of you. Once the person's off of you, then you can try and deduct and say, you know what, use some deductive reasoning and figure out, oh, maybe he's trying to rob me. Maybe he thought I was somebody else. Maybe he hates my guts. Maybe he heard me on the radio and thinks I'm a jerk. Whatever the case is, sitting here and trying to figure out, I wonder why Biden, who gives a damn? about Hunter Biden and his crooked dealings. Who gives a damn how leveraged Joe Biden is? It's clear that he is. There was so much evidence of it, him on tape with the prosecutor. That didn't stop him from getting elected. Him and his son being uh, on tape, all of the tape that was on the laptop. There's books about it. They became bestsellers. The information's out there. It's not stopping anything. So why on earth would I put my energy into trying to play this game that has no outcome? Well, you see, I think what it is, it's the Burisma and uh, it's Hunter Biden. And that's why they're destroying evidence. This evidence will never disappear. No, no, no. Don't think that they destroyed the evidence when they said, oh, we've got 20,000 troops on standby at the Russian border. Oh, wait, no. Now it's 30,000, 40,000, 50. There's 90,000 troops in Ukraine. And some people are still trying to say that that is because they're going after biolabs. And the reason, oh, they're not hurting people. They haven't shut off their water. They haven't shut off their power. They haven't hit them with this and they haven't hit them with that. I say, A, give them a little bit more time. And B, Putin knows the world is watching. So people are now claiming these targeted strikes because they're hiding the biolabs in senior citizen homes, in, in uh, schools with students. And, of course, the maternity hospital, They were that's where the bioweapons are. Or it was right next to the place they destroyed, and that was some of the uh, uh, casualties of war. I got to tell you, I don't buy it for a second. I don't buy it for a second. You could have all the labs you want. They could bother you. It's nothing more than a pretext. You don't put this type of operation together just to go after labs. You could have blown those up from the sky. This is way bigger than that. This is exactly what Putin said. That's why he puts things out through his propaganda channels to make them bigger than they are. The big problem here is you're getting punched in the face and you've got to stop this bully from punching in the face. Point blank. Period. The end. And quite frankly, politically speaking, if Putin really wanted to go after the biolabs, he could have very easily made a very big international stink about it and they would have been gone. You know how like when you're driving on the highway and somebody next to you is, you know, trying to creep up on you to, to cut you off and you see it coming through your mirror? You have a choice. You could stay at the speed you are, let them get in front of you, or 
like most dudes I know, we hit the gas a little faster because we're not going to let this guy get his way. And we, right, you speed up a little bit more and then they're looking at you, flipping you the bird and whatnot. And you're like, yeah, yeah, you ain't cutting me off, bro. Not today, not today. Exactly my point. Putin could have done that. You put this pressure out there instead of propagandizing it, but making a big stink and saying, hey, look, this is a big thing, getting international partners involved. Guess what happens? Behind the scenes, if they're really making bioweapons against you and they're about to invade you, they're going to have to let that stuff go. They're going to have to move it, shelve it, hide it. They got to do something about it, right? And we saw this happen with the Iraq war. It weakens one's position. He could have weakened the position and put it out there so the whole world could see it and say, look, I have no choice now. There's an imminent biological threat coming in. But instead, he puts out the propaganda about, you know, we have the blessing of the church, the, uh, the Eastern Orthodox Church. We have the blessing of our people because we are protecting our people. We're going to denazify them and demilitarize them and make them neutral. And, you know, this is all your fault because you were expanding NATO, something that exists because the Russians have been tyrannical in the past and they created the biggest massive communist state there's ever been in American history. Wow. Is everybody asleep? Anyway, don't move a muscle. I got more on the other side. Rich Valdez, this is America. This is America. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Para inglés, o primo número dos, para Rich Valdez, y esto es América, ahora. All right, America, welcome back. Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. And before we get into que mala eres, the vice president of the United States and her visits and all of that stuff uh, internationally, I want to talk about Jussie Smollett. That's right, Jussie Smollett. You remember him. He punched himself in the face or hired those two uh, bodybuilding Nigerian brothers to, to beat him down. Then he uh, poured bleach on himself, put a noose on and said the guys were white guys wearing MAGA hats when it turned out to be two guys he hired and ended up ratting him out. 
<laughs> those two guys. I laughed because it was so far-fetched and the media went buck wild. And you remember this story. But anyway, you've probably heard this by now. Uh, but just to reiterate, Jesse Smollett was found guilty. Guilty as charged. And he was sentenced on Friday, on Thursday, excuse me. And uh, here's a little bit from the sentencing because the judge asked him, let me, or actually told him, here's why this happened. Listen to this. So why did this happen? That's a good question. I think that's the question on everybody's mind. There's some conjecture you did it for the money. Frankly, I do not believe that you did it for the money. You were making, the evidence showed, close to $2 million a year when this happened. I don't think money motivated you at all. The only thing I can find is that you really craved the attention and you wanted to get the attention and you were so invested in issues of social justice and you knew that this was a sore spot for everybody in this country. You knew this was a country that was slowly trying to heal past injustices and current injustices and trying to make a better future for each other and it was a hard road and you took some scabs off some healing wounds and you ripped them apart. For one reason, you wanted to make yourself more famous, and for a while it worked. Everybody was talking about you. The lights were on you. You were actually throwing a national pity party for yourself. And why would you do such a thing? Why would you, I, I understand, you crave the attention so much, but why would you betray something like social justice issues, which you care so much about? And the only thing I can conclude is that, is, and I acknowledge, there are wonderful sides to you. There are very giving and charitable and loving sides to you. But you have another side of you that is profoundly arrogant and selfish and narcissistic. That's the only thing that can be concluded. And that bad side of you came out during the course of all these events. Well, the judge put it really well. I think he did an excellent job summing that up because uh, he's right. This was an affront on those people that believe that there is a huge social justice need that still needs to be solved. And I say those that believe because I think many of us think we're past the worst part and there's things that we need to work through. But we're not necessarily going to create racism to fight racism. Right. And which what he did. That's exactly what he did. And by the way, quick aside, if anybody's ever watched a reality show, The Miz and the Misses, talking about uh, Mike Mizan and the uh, WWE wrestler. His dad on that show looks just like this judge or vice versa. I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. He even sounds like him. Now, Jesse Smollett really blew it here. He figured after I did this national pity party and after I get admonished by the judge, the only thing left to possibly do would be to try and win an Oscar with my final performance before incarceration. Listen to his response. Check this out. I am not suicidal. Okay. I am not suicidal. I am innocent, and I am not suicidal. If I did this, then it means that I stuck my fist in the fears of black Americans in this country for over 400 years, and the fears of the LGBTQ community. Your Honor, I respect you, and I respect the jury, but I did not do this, and I am not suicidal. And if anything happens to me when I go in there, I did not do it to myself, and you must all know that. I respect you, Your Honor. I respect your decision. Jail time. I am not suicidal. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Now, if that weren't enough, it gets better. As he's walking out of the courtroom in handcuffs, he continues. Check this out. Custody Sheriff, court is adjourned. I am not suicidal. Stop laughing about black. I am not suicidal. And I am innocent. I could have said that I was guilty a long time ago. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh boy, sorry. Okay, so Jesse Smollett is not suicidal, and uh, that's uh, per the horse's mouth. Now, the judge did sentence him to, let's see here, I just had it in front of me, 30 months of probation, and the first five months, 150 days, have to be spent in the Cook County Jail. Now, I've never been to Cook County Jail. I've actually never been to any jail other than for, like, a visitation. But I can tell you there's some jails in Jersey and New York, like Rikers Island or the Green Monster, Essex County Jail. And these county jails are some of the roughest places you've ever been. Now, I don't know how small that's going to fare if people are fans of his show, fans of his work. Maybe they won't like him. Maybe they'll like him for other reasons. I don't know. But I do know it doesn't seem to be a good look for him. Plus $120,000 in restitution, plus a $25,000 fine on top of that. Not good. Now, Lynn called the actor a disgrace. This is Judge Lynn who sentenced him. Said his performance during the trial in which he testified on his own behalf was pure perjury. Judge Lynn went on to say, quote, You're not the victim of a racist hate crime. You're not the victim of a homophobic hate crime. You're just a charlatan pretending to be the victim of a hate crime, and that's shameful especially. I happen to agree with the judge. This threw gasoline on the fire in a time where racial tensions were just through the roof. This is not what America needed, and this is definitely not what he needed for his career. But who knows? Maybe this will make him a superstar in the woke industrial complex of media where he can continue to perpetrate fake and phony and fraudulent hate crimes. I don't know. Now, somebody who's not convincing and doesn't do as nearly a good job as him in her performance is Vice President Kamala Harris. That's right, Kamala Harris, who uh, went to Munich, and now she was in Poland meeting with the uh, uh, prime minister, the president there, to discuss nothing, really, because she kind of dodged every question that was thrown her way. So we're going to jump into that right now. But I also want to discuss the parental rights in education bill, which has been uh, falsely dubbed by the media the don't say gay bill, making it out to be anti-LGBTQ when it's really defending a parent's right to defend their child from um, sexual conversations in the classroom. Go figure. They figured out a way to pervert it, and Disney's jumped on. So we're going to get to that as well. But I wanted to ask you a question. It's the question of the day from JustFacts.com. JustFacts.com slash Rich is where I always go to get my information. And has the Biden family received a large sum of money from a Russian billionaire? That's the question of the day. We're going to get to the answer on that, plus everything else we just discussed on the other side. So don't move a muscle. I am Rich Valdez. Big shout out to everybody listening on WPHT and everybody listening across America on iHeartRadio or through your podcast app. Welcome to the program. Give me a follow at Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S on all of the social media. You're listening to This Is America. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. In times like these, it's so important that we focus on the facts. I always tell you to focus on the facts. I think you hear that everywhere you go, and that's because facts are irrefutable. It's the bottom line. It's the real deal. And in times like this of uncertainty, we need to rely on the facts. I get my facts from JustFacts.com. That's F-A-C-T-S, JustFacts.com. Go to JustFacts.com and sign up for their newsletter, JustFacts.com forward slash rich. Just put my name in there and you'll get it for free. JustFacts.com slash Rich. The 
the 45th president, Donald Trump, thinks it's an honor to speak with Rich Valdez. Oh, very good. Mr. Call Screener. Yeah. Well, it's an honor. Thanks, Rich. The honor is all yours. Conservative talk with a dash of sofrito. Now, here's Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. Big shout out to everybody listening on the radio, everybody listening digitally. Thank you for joining me, Rich Valdez. This is America at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. Make sure you give me a follow. I love to interact with you guys and uh, respond when I can, but definitely take all the feedback in. So make sure you get me at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. That's Truth Social, uh, Parlor Getter. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I like Instagram. I don't know about you guys. I know everybody hates Zuckerberg, but I, I enjoy the photos. I enjoy the memes. It's really a, a good platform, in my opinion. Uh, but uh, yeah, definitely some nefarious people that are running it. Anyway, I want to jump into this question that I asked you right before we took our break, which was, has the Biden family received a large sum of money from a Russian billionaire? And this is on JustFacts.com. It's their question of the day. And I encourage you to listen to their um, well, not listen to, but to read their newsletter. And you can get it for free at justfacts.com slash rich, justfacts.com slash rich. But I'm going to click uh, yes, because I know that they did receive some money. I'm going to hit submit and let's see. Ding, 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 ding. I am correcto. Has the Biden family received a large sum of money from a Russian billionaire? The correct answer is yes. 93% of people that responded to this also responded in the affirmative and were correct. As documented in a 2020 report by the Republican uh, staff of the U.S. Senate Committee on Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs, Russian billionaire Elena Baturina wired $3.5 million on February 14th, 2014 to an investment firm co-founded by Hunter Biden, the son of Joe Biden. This $3.5 million payment was noted with the words consultancy agreement DD-1202-2014. The name of Hunter Biden's company was Rosemont Seneca Thornton. You guys know this stuff. We talked about this uh, a while back. And it was incorporated on May 28th, 2013 in Wilmington, Delaware. While Joe Biden was vice president of the United States, Batarina, who became a billionaire when she received a series of Moscow municipal contracts and her husband was mayor, then sent another 11 wires in the amount of $391,000 to Rosemont Seneca Thornton and to their bank account, which then transferred the money to a startup technology company headquartered in Buffalo, New York, that produced tablet computers in conjunction with unnamed Chinese business partners. So we're talking about China being in bed with the Russians, being in bed with corrupt Americans and the Biden family. And speaking of Russia, there's a war going on. And... Everybody has opinions on that. We did that in the first segment, so I'm not going to beat that up too much. But I do want to beat up Vice President Kamala Harris because Kamala Harris, she went to Poland and did absolutely nothing. It was a series of word salad and and her ignoring reporters. There's one audio. I won't play it for you because it's you really can't make it out. And if, maybe maybe I will. But they're asking her questions. Is there a red line? If Russia uses chemical weapons, what are we going to do? And she just ignores it. And the guy, if, if we can hear it, I'll play it. The guy she's talking to says, oh, so you got in last night? And she goes, yeah, yeah, came in last night. Oh, it's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. And and the, the reporters are just shouting really legitimate questions that people might want to know. And she says nothing. Then there's this. She is at the podium with the uh, prime minister. And um, they ask her a question. And she kind of laughs it off, smiles, and just pawns it off on him, doesn't say a word. Listen to this. I to ask you about some reporting that my colleague here in Poland noticed he recently spoke with the mayor of the largest border town who told him that the refugee system 
is essentially not set up for this, that it will collapse. It's an improvised system that can work for maybe two weeks, but not indefinitely. And I'm wondering what the United States is going to do more specifically to set up a permanent infrastructure. And relatedly, is the United States willing to make a specific allocation for Ukrainian refugees? And for President Duda, I wanted to know if you think, and if you asked the United States to specifically accept more refugees. Okay. <laughs> a friend in need is a friend indeed. <laughs> okay, I, I, I can first. Okay, so this time. Szanowna Pani Redaktor. All right, now, if you're watching the video, and I am, you know, she makes this comment, a friend in need is a friend indeed. <laughs> a little cackle there. And she just looks at him like, you got this. So he says, no problem. I'll go first. Being the gentleman that he is. But my goodness, it couldn't be more blatant. She says absolutely nothing. Madam, the situation is very complex. This is what I was saying. Such a disgrace. But it gets better. Because the only thing that she actually does say is that, hey, look, we are here to help. The United States is here to help Poland. Oh, but no, we're not giving you those planes. But yeah, we got your back. Listen to this. I want to be very clear. The United States and Poland are united in what we have done and are prepared to do to help Ukraine and the people of Ukraine. Full stop. In terms of the work that the United States has done thus far, uh, we have, as you know, given military, humanitarian, and security assistance, and that is an ongoing process. As I mentioned earlier, Congress, the United States Congress, has now uh, made a decision for 13 plus billion dollars of United States of, of U.S. money to go to Ukraine and um, our European allies to assist in terms of both their security and humanitarian needs. We have also just this past week uh, given uh, $240 million in security assistance delivered to Ukraine, and that's on top of the $1 billion in just the past year that we have sent to Ukraine. I can tell you that the issue facing the Ukrainian people and our allies in the eastern flank is something that occupies one of our highest priorities in terms of paying attention to the needs, understanding it is a dynamic situation and requires us to be nimble and to be swift. All right, being nimble and being swift. I don't think she's either one. There's some other video right before that where she doesn't even know if she's in the eastern flank or the, the western flank or where she's at. She's clearly uh, in over her head. And now, look, I get it. If you're whatever, you know, um, Bloomberg and 9-11 hits, he, he was in over his head, didn't know what to do. Giuliani helped him through it. Totally understood. Uh, I get it when you're in a situation where your job requires you to do more than you've had to do. I mean, for example, one time I was in the studio producing the Mark Levin show, doing uh, what I do as associate producer there, Mr. Call Screener, and about eight or nine minutes before live showtime, so it was 5.50 or 5.51, something like that, the executive producer, Mr. Cementa, comes over to me, Mr. Producer, and he says to me, hey, Mark is going to be delayed. He's not going to make it. Something's wrong. You're going to have to jump on. 
and I think, jump on. I've never done this show without like a week's worth of prep time. How do I do that? But guess what? I did it. You rise to the challenge. Sadly, and I hope I did a good job. I think I, I've done a good job. They've asked me back several times. But my thought is, what is Kamala Harris doing here? Right? Kamala Harris is totally, uh, again, living up to her name, Kamala Harris, how bad she is. That's Spanish for how bad she is where she basically says nothing and she just repeats these uh, circuitous comments that go nowhere when people need help and she's supposed to provide some leadership or at least relief and nothing's happening. The only thing that's happening is like, hey, just shut up. We'll send you some money. You need relief. Here's some cash. And maybe don't forget 10% for the big guy. This is not the way to fix this problem. The way to fix the problem is to exemplify strength, to show certitude so that we can be taken seriously in America. If a bully doesn't see that you're serious about yourself. They're not going to take you seriously either. And that's part of the the, the big shame, I'm going to say, that's going on right now in Eastern Europe with all of this that's happening. And for the people that are saying, you know, oh, Trump just bent over backwards. I mean, I said this before, but I'm going to repeat it because Joe Biden is literally sitting on his hands while Putin does whatever the heck he wants. And we're selling all this oil. Now, people could say it's a mistake. It's a blunder. It's evil. It's all part of the plan. They're bringing down the economy. This, that really all of that to me is irrelevant. I look at this in terms of cause and effect. Right. So the, the cause here is not so important. It's the effect that matters here. The cause we elected Biden, whether by hook or by crook. In many cases, people think it was by crook. I, I tend to agree with that. But we were stuck with him. So now that we're stuck with him, he's making these decisions. What do we do? We've got to make sure we get him out, because if we don't get him out, we have more of this to look forward to. Oh, so I'll stop buying oil from Russia to buy it from Iran, creating what many have called this new axis of evil of Iran, Russia and China. Is that what we need? A nuclear Iran, a nuclear China, a nuclear Russia against the United States who pretty much has admitted we will not take action. We're afraid of nuclear war. So Americans need to look at their gas pump receipts and make a really, really intense decision this uh, November to get rid of Democrats. And then again next year or 24 to get rid of Biden altogether. Anyway, don't move a muscle. Keep it locked right there. Straight ahead. What's going on in Florida with Ron DeSantis and this controversial bill and what Disney had to say about it. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. This is America. He's got the best head of hair in podcasting. This is America with Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. And the battle for America's culture remains. It rages on. It hasn't gone anywhere. It's alive and well. And there's a few people that understand how to fight that battle because they understand that they're coming after your way of life, traditional way of life. They want to change the way your children see things, view things, and think about things. They want to create a new lens for them to process how life works and what's up and down and what's left and right and how things are right and wrong. And Ron DeSantis, governor of Florida, is one of those people that he doesn't just push back, but he also fights. He figures out, you know what, if you're going to do this and I'm going to pass laws that are going to fight your agenda because I need to protect my constituents. And he had a press conference this week because Republicans on Tuesday, they passed the uh, parental rights and education bill, which would uh, ban any employees or third parties from classroom instruction talking about sexual orientation or gender identity. But the media continues to critique him and attack him, saying that this is just anti-LGBTQ. But here's what DeSantis had to say. 
rights and education, what critics probably don't think any bill is on the Senate. Does it say that in the bill? Does it say that in the bill? I'm asking, I'm asking you to tell me what's in the bill because you are pushing false narratives. It doesn't matter what critics say. Well, it says it bans classroom instruction on sexual identity and gender orientation. For who? For, for grades pre-K through three. So five-year-olds, six-year-olds, seven-year-olds. And um, the idea that you wouldn't be honest about that and tell people what it actually says it's why people don't trust people like you, because you peddle false narratives. And so we disabuse you of those narratives. And we're going to make sure that parents are able to send their kid to kindergarten without having some of this stuff injected into their school curriculum. Well, there you go. And I think he's 100% right. I mean... I can't imagine why on earth we would want to introduce this at such an age. Now, again, oh, you're an old fogey, you're, you're too uh, reactionary, conservative, whatever you want to say. I disagree with all of that, and I just think when I was a kid, that wasn't taught to me. It wasn't even something I was interested in because all I could think about was WWE and G.I. Joe and, and playing with my toys and hanging out with my friends and riding my bike back in the real America. Now, of course, it's since been changed, and that's exactly the problem. So kudos to DeSantis for doing this, because this bill, I think, is something that should be emulated in every state in America. And if there's a Republican governor, every one of them should jump on board and pass this. Even if there isn't a Republican governor, every Republican legislator at the state level should try to get this out of committee. And if they can't get it out of committee, they should get cameras on them because this is in the media right now. And they should say, you know what? We need to push this just like they did in Florida. We're following Florida's lead and forget about who gets the credit for it. You'll get a lot more done. This is something we need to do for America. It's something we need to do for our children and something we need to do to support parental rights. So if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. And the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good people like you to sit there and do nothing. Remember that. And of course, always join us on Saturdays at noon in the afternoons on WPHT or 6 a.m. Sunday morning. Always looking forward to spending the weekends with you guys. I appreciate it. Hasta la próxima. Until the next time, America, I am Rich Valdez, and this is America. This is America. 